Hey now, this is Rob here from Rob School of Music with the legendary Mr. Doc McGee. Hello. What's happening, Rob? Oh my gosh, you know, it, it, it's so interesting because we're a music school and we're teaching, you know, the next generation how to play instruments and things like that. But I always try and stress onto anyone who wants to get into music that there's there's so much more to it than just being a rock star, you know the rock stars need the proper team around them to be successful. And I can't think of a bigger manager than yourself. So you are the most rock star manager of them all. <laughs> Thank you. That's very kind of you. Of course. Uh, of course. Well, I mean, uh, yeah, listen, you know, you, when it comes time, you need a team of people, you know, around you, um, but there's so many different developmental parts that people could be just on their own. And the, the, one of the problems I think that people have that are musicians and that are singer songwriters, or how do I get in this music business or I can sing well and I write songs and I do all this stuff. And then they look for, to me and say, what do I do? Okay it really isn't up to me to tell you what to do because if you have to deal with what I need you to do, it's going to be a long ass process and it probably will never happen. A lot of it is, has to just come from you as that inspiration of what you want to show people, what you own, what you is in your heart. And then what I do is I try to, empower you to be better at what you do. It's not me telling you what to do. I, you know, it's, it's me. What, what I do is, is come up with things that change your life opportunities to, to be on television and, and shows and, and uh, tipping points. I find tipping points for an artist that deserves them. Okay not just because you're an artist, you know, as people say, oh, I'm an artist, I'm a songwriter. Well, you know, everyone's a bull rider until someone opens the gate. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, you have to be able to ride the bull if you're in my camp, otherwise it doesn't work. So uh, it's really about honing your craft as what you want to show me. Okay. What you want to, Show me that you're going to show the world. Okay. What, what do you bring to the table? What do you bring to the world? Why should anybody listen to you? Or why should anybody pay attention to you other than you think you're good? Okay. That doesn't cut it. You know what I mean? Uh, and you go, well, everybody says I'm great. And everybody says I, well, that doesn't work. What, what, what works is, connection and connection is only from people believing you and believing in what you do and then when i find those people that have those connections not saying they have to be the best artist in the world they don't have to be the uh, virtuoso of guitar or, or the best songwriters in the world or anything else you just have to have that passion and the and the ownership of what you're presenting but if you're, but you can't come to me or Renee's off or somebody and say, well, I'm a good singer. What do I do? Because we just say, well, fucking sing. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what can I tell you? You know, you have to, you know, you have to, uh, you have to convince us or, you know, the, the industry and the only way you convince us is not by convincing me that I like you, is that I see that people like you, that you connect with people. So if you're a new artist and you say, you know, I really want to, how do I do this? It's go play for people. If people dig it and come and see you and they're coming to see you. And if you have 10 people one night and the next night uh, you, you do it, 10 weeks in a row and you go from 10 people to 500 people, you're getting connection. You're, you're learning that you're learning that, that connection trade. It's not something I can teach you. 
nor do I want to, because it's it, you can't teach people shit. You know, <laughs> you have to you, you have to have that inherent um, passion for what you do. When you see uh, Adele sing, okay, you know that she lives this shit and Gaga, and and you know that Ed Sheeran ran through the field and broke his arm with his brothers. You know what I mean? You you know that these artists that are the Dylans of the world and the, the, the major artists, and whether it's, you know, the Foo Fighters or whether it's hip-hop or whatever it is, they own it. You know, they, they uh, Gaga gets on stage and she owns you. She You know that she's the shit. Okay, you're watching this person blow you away. And those are that those are the things that I, you know, because I'm I'm not at, um, you know, fortunately, because I've been doing this a long time and not not to uh, I'm not at a local racetrack. Right. I'm at the fucking Kentucky Derby every day. (laughs) (laughs) And I got to pick the horse that's coming in first. Okay, not second. You know, not everybody gets a fucking trophy here for participating. Okay, <laughs> only the good people, only the greatest, can do this. So that's you know that's that's how, to me, you have to look at it when you're starting. I, I think I mean that right there is just, you know, I had some questions and you just kind of answered for the first ones all in one thing and, and i think that's just so valuable because anyone who's even like coming through here who's starting to play an instrument you know they're always asking you know okay well what's it take to get to the next level and i think one of the elusive elements that people miss aside from passion and, and just working your ass off is just be be cool be a good person i mean throughout i've you know, Right. Phil X or Steve I or all the amazing musicians I've gotten to, to talk to throughout this this interview series. That's like the number one thing, just to, to be cool and be a good person. So from your perspective, when someone is having a massive ego or maybe starts one place, but then they blow up, how do you keep them grounded and humble? Well, you don't. <laughs> okay. People are people. Okay. Uh, there's, uh, I always say, I have a chapter in my book called, you know, it's called Before the Zeros, when it was fun. Okay. And when, uh, when people would, you know, ride in vans together, sleep on people's floors, write songs. That's how, you know, that's how all the greatest songs were written. Okay. Through strife and through, through experience of life. It wasn't to sit down and say, you know, I think I'm going to write a fucking hit song today. I'm going to write a song that changes the way people think about music. I'm going to write a song that, you know, I'm, puts me the poet of this generation. Because that shit ain't going to happen. Okay? It happens because you do something great that changes the way people think. When you see... Atlantis Morissette doing Jagged Little Pill changed the way people wanted to hear that type of music. She was that angst now. She was the angst female that said, I'm not a victim. I'm I'm fucking kicking your ass. Okay. That was, and, and that changed that whole way. Kurt Cobain changed the whole genre of, of music from more of the glam rock to the kind of the grunge, right. no guitar solos, nothing on stage but talent kind of thing that, that he did. And everybody has, and Prince did his thing. And you, and you know, when you talk about the greats like that, you see that it's, it's then there's no cookie cutter way to do this. Mm-hmm. You know, the whole thing is if you're doing this for money, Okay. Don't do it. Go get a fucking job. Okay. (laughs) You'll never make it. If if you doing this because you love music and you love the passion and you love the thrill of getting up there and performing and 
and owning what you do, okay, and 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 leading that uh, that crowd, you know, and sucking that crowd in when you're when when you're talking to them and they're hanging on every word that you say. That's the fucking greatest gift in the world, you know what I mean? But only a few people have that, you know. There's not not everybody that's on here is going to be able to do this right. or want to do this for that period of time. I mean, you, this is a commitment, a life commitment, you know, and um, if you're an artist, then you're, you're a life. It's a life commitment. I know? totally agree. I totally agree. We have a, a, our mission statement is painted on the wall when you first walk into the school here, and it's like, uh, turning music. Not, it's not just a, a hobby. It, it's a lifestyle because it's truly, if it's in your soul, it's who you are. Exactly. How did, um, how did you get into the business? You know, well, I mean, nobody would hire me. I had to do something. <laughs> and I, you know, I thought it was cooler to fly around in jets with rock stars than work construction with my dad. So uh, my dad was a welder and I knew that I never, I would rob banks before I would be a, a welder. I just didn't want to have any of that. And I just, I don't know, you kind of fall into it. I didn't know what management was. You know, I have no idea what, you know, I still don't know what management is. You know what I mean? Uh, it's, uh, but it's about inspiring people and it's about getting people connected and understood, understand what, where they sit and how to go to that next level and uh, and not take no for an answer and 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 show everybody what you can what you can bring to the world and what you can what you can give to them. I mean you don't have to be you know uh, Mother Teresa or you don't have to be uh, Nelson Mandela. you you know I mean Axel and everybody else they've they they brought a lot to, people yeah they, they, they've helped a lot of people as fucked up as they are they've <laughs> yeah they've helped a lot of people and uh you get through things and music is a just an awesome thing man acting's an awesome thing art is an awesome expression you know but and the ones that the ones that that own it and 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 roll it are the ones that succeed that's all i mean speaking of you know people who own it i mean you know just looking at so many acts that you've worked with throughout the years but to be you know with motley crew from shout at the devil through you know feel good they're they're just amazing that period of time saying bon jovi through the self-titled through new jersey this sweet spot from their you know early 80s to the early 90s music was such a different animal back then and and they were truly mega bands so yeah what lessons did you learn along the way of, I mean, those are, especially with the, the crew guys, those are some epic personalities. You know, but you know something, it, it's, it's funny because as crazy as they are, uh, you know, and were, um, they knew their place. You know what I mean? All they were supposed to do is fucking go out there and kick everybody's ass. That's all they. That's all they do, needed to do. They didn't have to be politicians. They didn't have to sit and talk about. All of a sudden, they have sell fifty million records, and now all of a sudden, they're telling who should be president of the United States and who's running for governor and nothing. No, they do. They didn't do any of this shit. They didn't even talk to any radio people the entire time I managed them. Wow. Never. They barely talked to the record company. As a matter of fact, I wouldn't. I wouldn't let the record company talk to them just because Motley would have tortured them. <laughs> so it was easier to just keep them out. But um, yeah, listen, everybody. I mean, I've managed James Brown and Isaac Hayes and Diana Ross and you know Pat Travers and you know Hootie and the Blowfish and you know talking everybody and a lot of, that people don't know. You know, people, the uh, artists like Bob Schneider, who's an amazing songwriter, 
just an amazing songwriter, but doesn't have that. I want to get out there and beat the world. Mm. You know, man. Yeah. And I and and you know the other thing too is you have to remember everything becomes a tipping point, okay? And so you have to find these tipping points. In the eighties, okay, I had the best tipping point. I had MTV. Right. Okay, that's that's gone. So now people have YouTube, and everybody thinks they're a YouTube star. So they go, oh well, I'll just write some songs and show my ass on YouTube. And I get all these likes, and why aren't I on the American Music Awards, right. on the Grammys? Okay, and uh, it's not that it's not that easy. You 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 know when you look at the people that have honed their craft and that that maybe not that talented. I mean, I have artists that weren't that talented that are major stars. But they, you can't outwork them. They work hard. They own their shit, you know, and that's, that's what it is. You know? Well, that was another question I was going to ask about how the industry has changed, you know, from in the 80s where there was truly, you know, these diehard fan bases and there was a culture and there's a community. And like, you know, even when I, I went to school for music and, and one of my uh, classes was like sort of a uh, music in our lives kind of thing. And we were talking about sort of this was I graduated in 2007, spring of 07, right before the iPhone came out streaming. And we all know what happened after that. So like this oversaturation where it used to be special to have a website. It used to be special to have a record, to go into a real studio and spend, you know, X amount of hundreds of dollars an hour. And, and the take had to be right because it's on tape and the guy doesn't want to splice it and fix it in post wasn't even, a, you know, in our vernacular at the time. Whereas now anyone can grab their phone, record anything they want, throw it on YouTube. And like you said, rack up a bunch of likes by shaking their ass. But does that mean anything really when it comes to becoming a true star that's going to have staying power? Well, listen, the whole thing is, is that, you know, when you start looking at yesterday, okay, you're pretty much dead. Okay. There's, there's the technology and the world has changed more in the last 15 years than it has in the last 200 years. Okay. So if you're not on top of what's coming up, forget about the, the two inch tape and cutting it and making the song out of it and digitally that I did, you know, back in the brown boot date or whatever. Now it's not that way. Now it's digital impressions. It's all the things that you, but it still comes down to one thing, word of mouth. And you have the biggest word of mouth now with the internet. You have to use it the right way. Okay. And that's, you know, people say, well, I need a social media team. I go, no, you don't. You need a fucking hit. Okay. If you have a hit, then your social media is going to help. You're going to have people that want to hear you while well, putting a record out. Why are you putting a record out when there's no demand? Well, how are you putting it out? Well, I, I'm, I'm putting it out through, a, a, well, you might as well piss into a big fan. Okay, it's not gonna, so what you want to do is to, is to focus on what, how to get that attention. You know, how, how do you get that attention? And what is your strengths and work on your strengths? strong point and go after that one point and build you still have to have connection and if you don't have connection it's not going to happen that's it it doesn't matter whether it's 20 years ago or 20 years from now has there's no difference I like that. it's don't just a different it's just a different vehicle to get you there that's tremendous perspective i mean thank you because everyone is so quick to make excuses. And, and I'm always trying to motivate, you know, anyone who's asking my advice in my little bubble here is just keep creating, keep putting stuff out and just keep honing your, your craft. And, and a lot of people are very quick to make excuses that they, you know, they can't get seen, they can't get heard, but it, it's, the well, they're never going to, they're never going to, you know, when you, when you wake up well, every day, when you wake up, you have an option. You can say, I can't do this, or you can say, I'm going to go do this. 
That's all. I love it. I you love know, pick, it. A, pick a road and fucking go after it. You know what I mean? And, and you know, again, somebody like myself or you know, some of the uh, guys that do what I do are all in the same boat. We're only handicappers. Okay. We have to find the right horse to ride. Hmm. You know, now we may pick a secretariat that wasn't worth anything at the moment because we know it could run. Okay. But we have to see connection. Yeah. We have to see what it is. It's not my taste. I don't do things because I like stuff. I do things because I see the connection and I see how I can take this for 40 years and my bands can live not five years, not four years, not three years, not one hit wonders. But, you know, I have four in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame now and probably hopefully I have four more at the end of the day. So and that's and that's over 40 years of, of doing this. And I and I think that, you, you know, that's just a, what I do. I mean, I, it has to be focused in that. And you have to be on that same path. You yeah. have to be on that same wavelength. I, I think it's it's so inspiring, you know, and in prepping for this. I mean, I, I for me personally, um, it was this, the series behind the music when behind the music was on. And then, uh, you know, all these bands that I'm like idolizing, you know, you're just omnipresent across the board. And I'm like, wow, you know, and this is the one I, I had. I was playing guitar. I had bands, but I had no aspirations of, of owning a music school, touring, any of that. But it just stuck in my mind that, wow, this one person seemed to have his hand in so many different bands. And the fact that, you know, just one of them would be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but four in, you know, more on the way. That's that's so incredibly inspiring, you know. And it's not planned. Right. Nobody's, I don't say this, I'm going to do this. Or, you know, you just, you have to go do shit. You know, you just have to, Put your head down and say, "I'm going to do it." And if and you, you every time you fail, you learn a little bit more. You know? I, um, I have a bunch of questions about sort of day to day stuff, but I, there's yeah. a big question from a specific student, huge Kiss fan. We're all Kiss fans here. Mm -hmm. um, so I guess '95 uh, is when you started with them. I guess that's when they put the makeup back on, and yeah. it's been one, one hell of a ride since then. Um, I saw them two times on this farewell tour. I took my son to go see them for his first concert ever. Lost his mind. Um, I think David Lee Roth is killing it as the opener. Great choice there as well. But for something so with so much weight to it, here is just a mega, mega band, you know, walking away from it when this is said and done. There's all the rumors about, you know, is Ace going to show up? Is Vinny Vinton? Blah, blah, blah. Like, how do you just keep a lid on all of that and just in one breath, keep the hype going, but at the same time, make sure no fires get too big that they get out of control. Well, I mean, well, that's what I do. So <laughs> it, it, it's, uh, and you know, all the things are possible. We don't, we never say never about anything. Okay. We just know that we want to give the people the best show in the world to go see and my philosophy for all my bands have always been if you're the very very best at what you do people will come and see you and if you're not they will go see the very very best fucking simple so what do we do with kiss we do a show that whether you like kiss or not whether you're a kiss fan or you know one song you want to go see this show because it's an amazing entertaining show so you know and kiss is kiss is cracker barrel okay they have four generations that come to eat at our house every day wow. okay and so and we and we cherish that and we and we're very good to our fans we try to be we try to give them i i think we give them the best meet and greets of any bands that, that ever has been around they have access in a in a world that has no access okay and uh, Gene and Paul and, and Tommy and Eric are determined to be the best at what they do. And we don't go and write songs and try to be Pearl Jam or try to be Rage Against the Machine or try to be anything else. 
we do four chords and bad lyrics and it's fucking works fabulous for kiss okay and 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 we blow shit up and it's uh it's a great and the collectability of kiss and and the and the aura around kiss is monstrous it's infectious you know it excites me uh, you know every day so all the all those things you know will ace ever show up sure he'll show up peter hopefully he'll show up everybody's invited to the party of kiss okay we, we, we haven't had that many band members in kiss but uh you know since i've been there there's been four and uh before you know two different ones and um and that's it but kiss is kiss so you know whether you said um oh well you know something i don't think that there could be another 007 from sean connery right well there is there's been five of them and people want to see 007 okay mickey mouse is fucking 100 years old okay i think kiss would be one of those things that will go on for ever i think with with the avatar th situations that we're doing now with the nft programs that we're doing with all the different elements that we have at our disposal today and we'll have tomorrow and the next day i don't see how this brand of kiss goes away ever if it's if it's kept with the respect that it should have for the people that they have i believe that it will be um around forever i, I mean uh, much longer than me much longer than me that's incredible yeah it, it's it's interesting because a lot of younger musicians come in and, and their perspective of what a rock show should be I and mean, you know a rock show i say almost as a generalization i've seen lady gaga live and she puts on a rock show it's the same thing hey, garth brooks garth brooks goes on a fucking rock show right so it, it's great to see, you know, an act like KISS is continuing to push the envelope with the stage show and what's happening and the hype that happens, the pre-show as they're walking down the back out, you know, the, the caverns underneath the stage and stuff, you're in there, all the cool stuff like that. So I think you're right. And, you know, as a fan, just separate from all this, I appreciate that, you know, there's so much happening with all of that. Um, yeah, it's all, it's all, I mean, like, on uh, June 11th, we're gonna uh, we're gonna do Battery Park. Okay, we're gonna blow up Battery Park in New York. On New Year's Eve, we did Dubai. Right. We did the biggest rock show in the world in the middle of a pandemic. Because I want to show people you can go fucking do stuff. Yeah. We don't do. I'm sorry. We don't do shit out of our basement. We don't do drive-ins. Okay, <laughs> we we blow the world up. Okay, <laughs> so you know you're not going to see us on the on you know in our living room, fucking doing Beth. That is going to happen. Okay, so, I'm visualizing that. It's just absurd. <laughs> yeah. So so for us, we're going to blow up Battery Park. Where we have a two two um, a, um, a two part series coming on uh, called. Uh, um, Kissology that's on A&E is coming on June 27, 28. We have our Dubai show and our documentary coming at the end of July and August. And we have our touring that we're going to kick up in, in August and um, Australia and our cruise. And, and we're going to have a lot of fun for the next 18 months. And then at the end of this segment of KISS, Gene and Paul will retire as as the touring part of KISS. Right. And where that goes from there, we don't know yet. We don't plan anything more than six months ahead of time. Well, it, it's cool, too. I mean, just, just the overarching family element of it. I mean, I, I've interviewed on this series, um, Bruce Kulik and Todd Kearns and they're still, you know, within that with the crews and ex member with the Bruce and stuff. And just, you know, the passion across the board, it's just infectious. So I'm excited to see the future. Listen, it's, it's great to have a, a diversity of 
artists that you that you um and nowadays people have more of that mm-hmm. you know people will listen to country and will listen to hip-hop and listen to hard b and listen to ed Sheeran and and they have because you can listen to them all because you don't have to go buy it you don't have to go get it you don't have to get your brother's shit. you don't have to do any of that stuff all you have to do is be on a platform that you can listen to whatever you want to so people listen to all kinds of music and the things that inspire people they go see okay from the um from the management side of everything how did covid i mean i'm sure maybe it's self-explanatory but how how did that affect your planning you know because no one knew what to plan a year ago no one knew what was coming Um, you know something that's uh, it's happened to everybody. It's just like what you, uh, I'm in, I don't have a crystal ball and never did. And so all I did was move everything to 20, you know, 21 at the time. Uh, and um, then moved a lot to 22 way ahead of everybody. So I could hold dates a year ago for 22 because everybody's going to be out there. Right. So you have to get to Friday nights and Saturday nights when you, when you can. And uh, that's why people pick me because I do shit like that. But it's, but it's all kicked up and I'm, I want to be out there. Uh, I want to be part of the relaunch of, of the music business. And, um, and I, and I want it to be massive. I want people to have so much fun that that they go jesus i really missed going to shows i really missed taking my girlfriend here and and uh and bringing my son to where we could have a great time together stuff like that those those are that's why you know i mean they they give us money to do this it's fucking crazy (laughs) that's for 40 years people throw money at me to do what i love to do it's crazy Oh, you're good at it. You're good at it. So it, it kind of makes sense. What's what? What's a day in the life of Doc McGee? You know, is it, is it? You know, are you going into the office at a particular time? Is it is it regimented? Like, no, nothing's regimented. I mean, I've never had a. I've been. I, I'm a my management skills. Whatever that is, but I mean, the, I mean the way I do things. Um, it's different because I'm, I'm a hands-on guy. I'm out on the road with my artists. I've spent 40 years on the road. Okay. I, I went between, when I got married in 1986, which is 100 years ago, I left August 3rd, and I got back home with my wife, like, March 18th or something because we went to Hawaii on a honeymoon and then went to see Bon Jovi in Japan and went to Motley Crue and did the Scorpions and, and throughout Europe. And then we just were on the road. And so I'm on the road with my artists all the time. And I think that that's for me, it's hard because you know, everybody gets, it's, it's almost like being with somebody, like you're married all the time. You know, it's hard to, it's hard to keep that relationship when you, things get sour and sick and all that stuff and you're in people's things. But to me, I'd rather be out there and put fires out and know what I'm doing and look at an artist and say, what the fuck are you doing up there? You know, <laughs> the, what do you mean? Well, you're, you're fucking mailing it in, you know? I mean, if you're going to mail it in, go home. Because you're just hurting yourself here. You know, don't, you know and, and uh, I want to be there to, to be that, that person that doesn't, that's not the enabler. That's not there to fucking pat somebody on the back. It's to empower them, but stay on their shit. Okay, to make sure that we are going out there and we're good, that this show tonight is the most important fucking show of your life. Okay, that's what you have to say when you walk out on that stage every fucking night. 
And if you can't do that, don't get up there. It, it doesn't work. I think it's so incredible that someone such as yourself who is so high up the mountain is still out there, you know, feet on the ground, hands in the dirt, making it happen. I think that's incredible. I don't know what it's like up there. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, I want to know what I want to know what the rigor is doing. I want to know why catering cost me $17,000. I want to know why. The band spent $22,000 on a fucking hot tub they never got in. Okay. <laughs> I want you know, to know this stuff. And if you're not there, you don't know. Yeah. You know, and and somehow they want somebody there to make these decisions. They don't want, because as soon as I'm home, I'm gone. Guess what? Everybody's the manager. <laughs> okay. Everybody, the sound guy, the fucking production manager, road manager, everybody has opinions. Everybody has this. When I'm out there, none of this shit happens. We stay on our path. Okay. We stay on our lanes and we do a great job out there. That's incredible. It's like managers, like almost like you're the coach in a, in a way. You know? Exactly. It's such, you know what it is? It's either. You're, you know, you're like, you know, Sabian and them and, you know, where they, you have a dynasty. Okay. Which I do. And that's because we don't, we don't expect anything out of anybody but greatness. That's it. Okay. We don't have time for any other fucking thing. We don't, we don't have time to practice. You need to do motivational speaking because you, you're just killing it. Well, I'm just telling you that that's, because if we're not excited, if I'm not excited, nobody else is excited. Okay? So, like I said, every day I make sure that when they go out, they know it's the most important show of their fucking life. And they go out and kill. And if they don't, then people won't come. That's all. Wow. That's, you know, that's just how it is. Along the way. I mean, you know, some of these mega bands or just any act along the way, you know, over the past 40 years, you know, what are some things that have gone catastrophically wrong and how did you rectify them? Well, you know, some, I mean, sometimes you can't rectify shit. I mean, it just happens and it goes. Um, you know, there's uh, people get long in the tooth, people get sober uh, and, and, you know, and they don't know how to act sober. And, and now instead of just being an asshole, they're a sober asshole. <laughs> and so it, it's, it's kind of like you want to say, hey, man, fucking sobriety is not for everybody. You know, at least when you drank, you were funny, you know, or you were fun. You know, what I mean, whatever. But I'm just saying that I, I think that the biggest problem is, is that the amount of um, when it turns into a business is when it falls apart to me because now they don't have that edge. They can't sing about the shit that really tortured them because nothing tortures them. They live in a fucking big house, except they've got six girlfriends somewhere in hotels and bought, bought cars and, or they're drugged out or they're, you know, it, it so the success factor kills it okay and when you're 22 years old and you're you have less than a high school education okay and you get up there and you go and 20,000 people go like this and then you do this and, and then everybody blows smoke up your ass and now you're walking around and you're above the law you're throwing bottles through fucking windows you're fucking pissing in the, on airplanes and and, and the seats you're, you're, you know, I've seen it all. <laughs> I've seen it all. And it's just, it's just the boundaries that people, you have to remember that artists are really autistic. And I'm kind of autistic because that which just means that we don't focus on the middle. Our shit isn't in the middle. We're not trying to be 
part of everything. We fucking, we're out here. We're fishing in deep water. We're all fucked up. Okay. <laughs> so we're, we're, but somehow we want to stay out there and we want to bring people in from the middle to find us. Wow. And they do. If you're great. And that's what all, that's what all great artists have. They, nothing great comes from the middle. Okay. It's, it, and all society does is beat everybody into the middle. So that's what everybody gets to do. Oh, you can't do this. You should go to work here and, and remember you, you can't do this. Remember you're not, no, this is never going to happen. Okay. No, this is never going to happen to you. Well, you know, just slap these fucking people in the face, go out there and do your shit. You know what I mean? And if you're good, you'll know it. And people will know it right away. And if you're not, I mean, look at Gene and Paul. These guys had had a record deal with Wicked Lester, okay? And, and it was a rock band, right? And they went, fuck this. It's not going to happen. And so the only way that they could really own it and be something that they wanted to be is by putting this fucking costumes on in the seventies and get laughed at and shit thrown at them and everything else. But Paul Stanley could prance around them. He couldn't do this in his fucking own skin. Right. Gene couldn't waggle his tongue and do all this shit and be the monster because he loved, he loved karaoke. I mean, not karaoke. He loved uh, the, uh, the art of Kabuki and he loved, uh, you know, uh, Boris Karloff and he loved all the demon shit. And so he was the demon, you know I mean? When Bill Corn said, okay, who's going to blow fire? Gene thought somebody said, you know, who doesn't want to blow fire? And he raised his hand and they said, okay, you're blowing fire. Okay. So because they, their theory was we want to be the band that we wanted to go see. And what, what do we have to do? What we have to do to make ourselves go see us. And it was to have these characters and come with their own. And it just, it just came natural that now they could be that space ace and the cat and the, and, and the demon and the star child. And, and that now they can be that person. And so that that's, what Bowie did, you know, that's what Prince did. That's what every, everybody kind of goes into their own fucking world. Right. And, and to be great entertainers, you know, and if you're a, a great singer songwriter and you can captivate an audience like a, like a Ed Sheeran can, you know, or a Bob Dylan or, or, you know, or an Eric Clapton or, or something like that. And you can, you know, hold that thing fucking go do it man learn your learn your you know learn your skills hone your craft don't think you're going to get up there and there's nothing wrong there was a band two years ago i wanted to put on a kiss tour and they were about to blow up and they're a young band and i called the manager and i said i want to put them on a kiss tour farewell tour oh we're going to go headline ourselves i go I said, do you know what you're saying? I said, do you know what that's like? That's like playing basketball in your driveway, making some baskets and say, I'm going to go play in the NBA. You're going to get your ass handed to you. You're going to compete. You're going to go out there and compete against Kiss. You're going to compete against ACDC. You're going to compete against fucking Van Halen. You're going to compete against Rage Against the Machine, the, the Muse, the fucking best band, U2, the Stones. You're going to go Kid Rock, the, that fucking own this, that Bon Jovi that knows this shit, Motley, all these bands will eat your ass up because you don't, you don't even know. People don't even know 45 minutes of your music. But you have a buzz, so you think you're going to go out and you'll do business like Alanis Morissette did business. But she had no business being out there headlining. She didn't know how to command an audience of 20,000 people. So she sucked. 
So when she sucked, nobody came back to when she's doing theaters, even though I love her and I, I love what she did. So this band went out and didn't do well. And probably will not do anything. When they, could have, when they could have came out, when I, listen, I had Motley Crue was so hot when I signed them in 1982. They were fucking smoking. And I went, I'm not headlining in this band. Everybody's all the agents. We can get this money. I said, we can always get money. Okay. What we have to do is establish this band. So I put them with Ozzy. Okay. I put them on the US Festival. I put them on, I did the whole tour with, with, with Ozzy and Iron Maiden and, and just pummeled everybody for five years and just built them as one of the best rock bands in the world. I'm sorry, Vince Neil is one of the best front guys fucking out there. You know, in the heydays, there wasn't, wasn't anybody better than David Lee Roth, that, that fucking guy in the late 70s and 80s. He was the guy. Right. Okay, that's for sure. Okay, Vince was fucking amazing. Okay, John Bon Jovi is a great front guy, and he works his ass off. He worked, you can't outwork this kid. There's no way. You know, he's one of those guys that his talent is one thing, but his hard work is fucking unparalleled. Okay, so there's different ways of getting there. But when these guys get out there and they hone their craft, they fucking own this shit, man. And when they own it, everybody sits there and goes, you know, when you see Springsteen and he sits there and that one light sitting on there, is you're fucking sitting there going, what? Or Floyd or, and you know, any of these great shows that you can go see. These, you know, whether it's Ariana Grande, who's fucking amazing, to Pink, who is fucking crazy good. Okay, just amazing. To, you know, I mean, there's just so many, but there's only a few of them, really. Mm-hmm. Maybe 30 of us that are out there that can command these audiences. You know, and they can, and that really do it in 60 countries around the world. You know, so it's not like, well, you know, I always get this. Well, um, wrote a song and they're playing it on my local radio station and special things. Everybody says it's fantastic. I go, oh, well, that's great. Let me hear it because, I mean, that's where John Bon Jovi came from was WAPP with She's a Little Runaway. Now, his whole life changed musically when I got there. Okay, because he was writing those Southside Johnny type songs, right. and not what he wrote with Richie and him and stuff, and what we did with Slippery and and all that stuff, which was monumental, and uh, and changed his life. You know, but he had two out records that didn't do all that well at the beginning, but he toured with every rock band in the world. I put him with Scorpions. I put him with Iron Maiden. I put him with Judas Priest. I put him with fucking Donington. Okay? And they were, he would say, they're going to fucking kill me with I play Runaway. So we'll fucking play it harder. What can I tell you? I don't know. <laughs> Run around so you can't get hit. So we get to call Routine 13. When they start, I yell, Routine 13, they fucking start running around the stage so they couldn't get hit with shit. <laughs> but, you know, those are... Those are great days, man. Those are those are those those days that, like I said, I don't mind. I get in a truck, I'll drive a van tomorrow. I'm happy to put the, put the shit in the back of your van and and go to a club. You know, I, I'm 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 all good with this stuff, and that's what that's why our whole team is with all my artists. Everybody does everything. Okay, so. That's just how, how we do it. I think that, you know, coming up through my own musical experiences, like you say, get in a van tomorrow. Like I literally, 
I can smell what it smells like inside the van. I can smell what the club smells like going because we're in um, the border of New York, New Jersey. So I played club in there. I played virtual, all those Jersey clubs, Stone Pony. Like I can close my eyes and be right back there. And I think a lot of younger musicians now um, are missing out on those experiences because it's, it's, it's part of the journey. And if you can't do that, you're not going to be able to do that. You know? Well, exactly. You don't learn your shit on MT or on uh, YouTube, right? You know, man. I'm sorry. You get some follow. You get some a couple followings, and there's amazing people on YouTube. There's amazing people on American Idol. There's amazing people on ten different shows. Right. Amazing singers, not stars. Yeah. They're amazing singers. And they all have consequence, or they don't win. Right. You know, that's about consequence. That's not about finding an artist. I couldn't be a mentor there, and I couldn't be a judge, because I I don't tell people you stink. I don't I don't say to people you should find a different thing. That's not my approach to to, to life. Mine is, hey, you love this, then get into it. Okay. If you if you're telling me that you're into this to get into it, uh, don't don't fucking come here for the weekend. Okay, I'm not I'm not here for the weekend. You have to be vested, and if you're vested in this, and you can show me you're vested in this, I may get vested in it. But it starts with you. That's how it works. Incredible. This this has been so. I mean. Thank you so much for your time. The stories and just just the perspective is so enlightening and inspiring. Um, you know, for for generations to come, really, like it, it's to have for you to give us this access is is truly a gift. So thank you very much for your time. You know, I like doing this because I like people to 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 hear. I think what I believe is what they want to hear. They don't care about what I did with Molly Crew. Want to hear what they can do to fucking help themselves, and and think about getting into the business, or think about I talk at colleges and you know I say how many people are going to be doctors and one person will raise their hand how many people are going to be lawyers raise their hand I go well, the rest of you people are wasting your fucking time here okay. if you want to be in the music business and you want to work for Doc McGee you walk in my office and say. I'll be the best fucking worker you ever had. I'll be here the first thing in the morning. I'll be here when you go to sleep, and I'll work for food, and I'll hire you. But people don't do that. Yep. So, like I said, if if you want something in life, go fucking get it. That's all I could tell you. So. Dude, that's that's everything. Yeah, in the back of my mind, I'm trying to guess which band that was that turned down the the Kiss opening gig. I'm sure you can't say it, but I, I have an idea. I'll, they're good kids. They're good kids, but yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll shoot an email to your people because I think I'm. You, you got it. All right, Doc, it. thank you so much, brother. I appreciate this so so much. Looking forward to uh, you know the world opening up again, seeing some shows and uh, seeing a few more Kiss dates, and yeah, we'll man. be out there. All right, brother. Thank you so much. Be well. Yeah, you got it. All right. We'll see you. Bye-bye.